You're listening to Sweet and Sour. I'm Hope Go. I'm Jane Lee. We are talking about women's issues, breaking barriers, and tackling taboos. Let's get chatting. Okay, Jane. This month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we thought we would highlight this by speaking with a breast cancer survivor, longtime Taipei resident Priya Lalvani Praswani. Priya's journey to recovery was challenging, not just because it was cancer, but also because she went through COVID in the middle of all this. Yeah, and she's、uh, really amazing. Especially surprising to me is that she sort of deal with it alone because her husband was not with her at the time, and she didn't want to reveal too many details about her conditions to her children. And so she sort of fought the whole thing. Herself. So we begin her story with her revealing how she found out she had cancer. I was first diagnosed in June of 2022. I was in the middle of COVID, right? Yes, it was. And、uh, what was there was COVID, and then there was this. Well, how how challenging was that? So I usually get a mammogram every two years because in Taiwan you're allowed to do that、uh, under the national health insurance,、um, starting from age 40, I believe. And so this was my third one, and in the second one there was nothing. So that was in twenty, in twenty twenty.、Um, but because of COVID, I kept delaying it. Like hospitals were not that open, and they were saying only go in for necessary stuff. By the time I actually went and had it, it was May. Yeah. Did you feel anything before the diagnosis? I did not. So、um, I know that you're supposed to do the self test. I hadn't been doing that conscientiously. But I didn't really feel anything because usually when showering you do notice something. There was nothing on the outside. They were a little deep, so there were no symptoms at all. After the mammogram, so I went to see the breast surgeon, and in that visit they do a biopsy, and the results came out around end of June, and he said that they are malignant, so you need to have them removed. That was a choice. So he said like you can have a lumpectomy or you can have a mastectomy, and then we talked about the implications of each and the risks. So the the doctor just make the suggestions for you to choose. He said that it, now it, we are in the era of joint decision making. There's actually a term for this in medical practice now. So you discuss with the patient and come up with the. The course of treatment together, yeah. So he he did give options, and the doctor was patient with you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Initially. So could you tell us <laughs> the difference? <laughs> Later he said, "Nishangaito, you get too nervous." <laughs> the difference. What's the difference between lump lumpectomy and mastectomy? Yeah. So a lumpectomy is where they just take out the lump, so they leave the whole breast in. They only take out the lump. So if it's a smaller lump. Or fewer lumps, then they can just take out the lump, and the whole the structure of the breast remains intact. But the risks are、uh, there's there are chances of coming back because they're sometimes they're not able to scrape it completely clean. It's like you put butter on toast and then you want to take it off again, so it's going to leave some butter on it, right? It's hard to get everything off. And a mastectomy is a full cut of the entire breast, and a double mastectomy would be on both sides. So if there are people who have Tumor on both sides, or they're afraid. For example, if someone has a family history, they've already had it, then they might decide to have a full mastectomy, even though it was just in one. So you had lumps on both. I had lumps only on one side, only on the right side. So I decided to have a full mastectomy on my right side. I wasn't too concerned about appearance, so that was I was not going to go for reconstructive surgery either. 
and I wanted it to be thorough. So whatever would ensure the, the minimum chances of it coming back. That was my consideration. So the amount of time you stay in the hospital and the, the expenses and everything was pretty similar. It wouldn't have been that different. So I decided to go for a thorough cut. In hindsight, I'm glad I did that because when they do a full mastectomy, they also do a sentinel node biopsy. So they, they check for the lymph nodes. When they take out the whole thing, they also check if it has spread to the lymph nodes, and it had. So he checked the first few lymph nodes. It wasn't there, but he's very experienced. I guess he felt something was off. So he checked further, and some of the other nodes were infected. So he removed those as well. So in a full mastectomy, they're able to do that. They're able to remove the infected lymph nodes. So the doctor was pretty sure that he had done his best to to just get every Everything. cancerous cells out of your body. Yes, but they won't say that. Like, there's no 100% guarantee. They always say that there is a chance. We we talked about, like, how, how it happened or when it happened. Why didn't I see anything two years ago? Because usually people de- might detect it in stage zero sometimes or stage one or stage two. So why was mine detected so late? So there are two possibilities. Either the mammogram I had two years prior couldn't catch it. So it was already there, but it was too small or in a position where it was not visible in imaging. So even the imaging is in 100%. Or it grew so fast and it spread so fast in those two years, which could be a possibility because that's when I was doing, I was writing my thesis. So there was a lot of stress and late nights. People kept asking me, are you okay now? Is the cancer gone? I said, I don't know. I mean, I've done the treatment, but I don't know if it's all gone. That's something the doctor has to answer. But even after the treatment, they won't say for sure. What kind of treatment did you choose to take on after the surgery was over? So this is a fairly common cancer now, and they have a set protocol for a treatment protocol, which is pretty standard. So first is the, the, the surgery to get the lump removed, and then it's followed by chemotherapy, and then it's followed by radiation. So I had to have all three uh, types of treatment. Um, it was, um, I was actually alone here at that time. I mean, my husband wasn't in Taiwan. Uh, he was traveling, and I didn't tell them. My, my children were here, so they came on the day of the surgery. Uh, because you need to have next of kin. But otherwise, I was pretty alone uh, during the whole process. But it was okay because I, I feel that I, I just had to take care of myself. I didn't have to worry about other people getting getting nervous or getting worried. So uh, when we decided to go to have the treatment, I didn't have any reason to wait. I just said, yeah, let's just do it as soon as you can arrange a date. Sooner the better. Like, why wait for it to get any worse. Can we talk about the impact because we read about the physical changes that happen when you have chemo and when you have radiation. So I was ready to face it like whatever the worst that could happen it's okay. If it doesn't happen that's great. So that was kind of my mindset. Be prepared for the worst and just take it whatever take whatever comes. So I had long hair before my hair was uh, really long. When I was first diagnosed, I cut it short in preparation for possible hair loss in the future. A lot of people shave their hair when it starts falling. I didn't need to do that. It just, it was already short and then it just started falling off. So yes, there was 
hair loss. I had two different uh, chemo with two different drugs. So four cycles with one and then four cycles with another. And these two different drugs have different side effects. So the first one was more hair loss, nausea. These were the main ones. And then uh, like black, black nails, numbness. The second one was more numbness, feelings of numbness in the uh, fingers and in the toes. These were some loss of appetite. I guess my appetite didn't wasn't affected too much, so I didn't lose too much weight. It was I guess that's a good thing. So I was able to have enough strength to to fight it. I'm trying to return to the surgery. Did you suffer a lot of pain afterwards? Of course, uh, surgery was painful. It still hurts sometimes because there is, I guess the the muscle and the tissue takes time to heal. Uh, there's also a lot of numbness in in the area and even in the arm. So of course they have pain pain relievers at that time. The surgery itself was uh, it was about six hours. Wow. Six hours from the time I went in and when I came out, uh, it was uh, general anesthesia, and it was given through a tube. So after surgery, I had pain relief for the for the surgery surgery area but for my throat my throat felt really bad and in like it had been it had scraped. been scraped and it hurt really bad for two days after that mm. and the reason why that was a problem for me because i was still working i was i work as an interpreter and i was still and this was during COVID, so a lot of the meetings were online so i could just do them from the hospital room on zoom Wow! But that the first two days I wasn't able to to do those meetings, so I had to uh, have a substitute sit in for me. But that was that was a bit inconvenient, I guess I would say. Yeah. Did you have to do the physical therapy to regain your strength or to regain some of your mu- muscle strength? Yes, physiotherapy after breast cancer is very important, especially if uh, you've had uh, lymph nodes also removed. Because the of the cutting and then the restitching, it changes your movement in that arm. So it's very important. So as soon as a wound has healed, it's very important to start physiotherapy and exercises to ensure that you get regain full movement in your arm. And then after that, there's because the lymph nodes had have been removed. And so there's something I learned after this. I didn't know that. In addition to our blood circulation system, we also have a lymph circulation system, and that requires massage because some have been removed. So it's like those parts don't have proper circulation. So you have to have special massage for lymphedema. Lymphedema is swelling in the lymph nodes. So some people after breast cancer they have very severe swelling in that arm, and that needs to prevent that. We have either have to we we have to wear sleeves, arm sleeves, and also do massage. How much of your preparation actually got you prepped for what you went through? I mean, it's very easy to read. It's very easy to listen to what other people have to say. But going through it yourself is a completely different experience, right? I think it prepared me. I like to know beforehand what's going to... I want to know what to expect. Um... 
So I think it prepared me. It also depends on mindset. I mean, there might be other people who might read all of this and and get all that information and it just makes them more nervous. So for such people, I would suggest to just, just go in without finding out too much. But I, I like to know beforehand. So I think it, it helped me and I just took it as it came. Like um, some, Sometimes it felt like I was it, w- it was an experiment and I'm the researcher and everything is happening to someone else and I'm just watching and making sure everything goes smoothly. What is it like to live with that? For the most part we know that you're over it, you're in remission and all is good and and um but living with a chronic illness is not easy. There's a lot of stuff that comes along with it. Yep. What's that like? Sometimes it's just small things like I, I won't be able to carry heavy things with my right hand. They've told me, like, don't carry anything more than two kilograms with your hand. And that's that's hard. Like, sometimes you you might have to do that. And so uh, I cannot have any kind of treatment on my right arm. So I can't have blood pressure measured here or injection or an IV. So it's called jingzi uh, zhiliao in Chinese. So no treatment on this hand. So I can't. I wouldn't be able to play tennis or badminton. I, I mean, I didn't do it even before, but like, so I can't have this action. So that's inconvenient sometimes. Um, so what, um, what are the consequences, the, the possible consequences, if you do carry heavy things or you do exercise with your right arm, what will happen? That was my question to them. So they're not sure. Nothing might happen, but it might lead to swelling because of the lymphedema, because of the lymph nodes. Yeah, so just be careful. They say, be careful. Do try not to get mos- mosquito bites on this head. So I can't really control where the mosquito bites me. Or they're going to land. Exactly. Yeah, so this kind of thing. Anything that will involve circulation in this arm should be avoided. Yeah. How did your family cope with it? You said your husband wasn't around and your children were here for you. But what's, what was that like for them? I've been the more medical-minded person in the family, so whenever anyone is sick, I, I try to go with them and try to talk to the doctor. I'm more independent that way. My husband was not in, in was not in Taiwan, and I only told him I think the day before surgery uh, because I had to have surgery. And oh, I wouldn't have told my kids either, but the doctor kept saying like, "You need to have family here. Like, I need to have your next of kin here." so that I can explain the whole situation to them. So that's when I asked my daughter to come with me to one uh, doctor's visit, and she cried. I hadn't cried during this whole thing, like from the diagnosis to the surgery, this whole, it was all um, matter of fact, like this is, this is life, right? Uh, but she cried, and I think my son was also pretty distraught uh, yeah like they say oh my mom's gonna die kind of thing both of them so i i calmed them down and it's okay it's it's calm it's fairly common now it's getting and it's also getting younger and younger so the doctor also keeps reminding us that my daughter needs to now have checkups regular checkups as well because now it's in their family history we didn't have it in our family history before i was the first one i told my husband and then i also sent him my medical files, whatever reports I had from here, to feel part of the process. I feel safe in Taiwan. I feel well taken care of by the whole 
medical system and I can navigate it. It's not an issue. So after you're done with the surgery and then the chemotherapy and the radiation, you're all done with them? Yes. yes. Do you need to have regular checkup? I do. I do. So the eight cycles of chemo went on for about six, seven, six or seven months uh, because we had Lunar New Year. We had a, some holidays in between. I got COVID in between, so I had to have an extra week because of like we had to delay the next chemo after that and then after the chemo ends so all the side effects still remain even after chemo so even my nails are still black they, they, they take nails take the longest to grow hair is coming back um, after one month they start the radiation mm. so after your body rests a bit from the chemo they start radiation which is like uh, sun exposure so overall it was okay there was a few areas on the skin where i had like burns and then as soon as radiation was over, I went home to see my parents. Initially, I didn't tell them either. I didn't want to worry them. It was when I started my first chemo that I told them. You know, you speak to women, you, you listen to women talking about the impact that losing a breast, having the externalities that define you as a mo woman, having those being taken away. How did you feel? But having your lose your hair, having to lose a breast, having to, you know, change the color of your nails because of the treatment. What was, how did that make you feel? It didn't affect me so much as I know some people, um, for some people that is the most, it's the worst part of cancer for some people. The hair loss, the, the, the loss of one breast, the uh, physical appearance for me that was lowest priority it was just an inconvenience so like I lost my hair if I had to have some important engagements I would wear a wig um, if if I need to wear a fitting dress I I have an insert I that I put in just so that it looks it doesn't look odd and people don't stare I'm not very self-conscious that way um, I feel there are more important things. There, there are people who have more severe disabilities that actually affect them. So this is not something I should be complaining about. Like if I, if I don't have a two breasts or if I don't have long hair or I don't have hair long. I mean, this is, it's a very small thing compared to people who don't have arms or legs or sight. I think that those are more important issues. Yeah, so it didn't affect me. I just, it's a small inconvenience sometimes, but that's, that's all, yeah. This is why I didn't plan to, the doctor kept asking me, uh, do you want to do, are you going to do reconstruction surgery? I said, no. He said, okay, but we still, because they have different kinds of mastectomies. They have the full cut, and there's another one that's a, n a nipple-saving mastectomy. He said, I'll give you that. I said, no, I don't need that. No, no, I'll give you that. If you had to speak to women and you have a platform to do that, what would you tell them about breast cancer? Firstly, I would remind women to definitely get regular checkups. So this is something you can do very easily. I know p women who qualify to get the mammogram but they don't go because they say it's too painful. 
uh, the pain of not detecting it early enough and having to go through this is far more than the pain of a mammogram. So please do get your mammograms, do get your ultrasounds. Or, and if you notice anything, um, seek medical help. If it's benign, great. If it's not, if there's cause for concern, follow up with the treatment and do homework, do your homework, do some research. But don't worry. I think it's very important to keep a positive mindset and continue doing what you like to do. Like if you, if you enjoy work, if, if work brings you joy, continue doing that or meeting friends um, or cooking, whatever, whatever you like to do. Don't stop that because of the cancer, because it's that other stuff that'll keep you going. That, that's what I have learned. Yeah, so even though I was alone, but I was, I was, I enjoy, I love my work. So that kept me going and it, it allowed me to continue meeting people and talking people, talking to people. Um, so I think that's another very important thing. And uh, the positivity also helps with the recovery. So it, it helps you fight it better and faster. And that does it for this edition of Sweet and Sour. If this episode triggered thoughts and insights, or if you're interested in hearing us talk about other things, we'd like to hear from you. Drop us a line at sour at icrt.com.tw. Until next time. Mm-hmm.